This is the Bourbon Bookshelf Podcast, where we cover books, beverages, and the general BS of the day. A few disclaimers, we are not literary experts, or experts in anything for that matter, and explicit content should be expected. I am your host, Barry Price. I hope you enjoy the show. Good evening, fellas. Evening. Howdy. What y'all doing? Chilling. I'm talking to y'all. What are you drinking, John? Nothing. God damn it. Jared? Uh, I've got a recipe from the Jim Beam website called the Jim Beam Orange Crush. Let's go on. It's like a, a little bit of orange juice, a little bit of uh, lemon juice, uh, some simple syrup, and club soda with – I didn't have any Jim Beam on hand, so I went, I went with some old granddad. I saw some old granddad today and, and thought about you. Man, I love me some old granddad. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> it might as well be Jim Beam because I think Jim Beam makes old granddad anyway. I I think John once told me that Jim Beam makes almost all bourbons. Oh, I don't know if I told you that. Somebody, you told me something. Something along those lines happens. May not be Jim Beam. There's a factory up in Indiana that makes all the craft bourbons. Oh, yeah, Beam makes it. Old Grand Grand How how's the cocktail? It's good. It's really good. I drank it a lot over Thanksgiving. Treated me right. I'm hoping it'll treat me right again. But it's good. I, I recommend it. Give it a shot. Jim Beam Orange Crush. Sounds citrusy. Citrusy. I'm not a huge fan of your teeth of uh, carbonated water with bourbon. Just give it a try, Barry. Goddamn. I've tried carbonated water with bourbon before. Oh. But have you had it with orange juice and lemon juice? Here, I'll just send it to you right now. Yeah, I probably haven't had it with all that in it. And simple syrup. Dude, it's like breakfast. Oh, shit. Yeah. Just what I need. Just a, bre- <laughs> just a breakfast drink, Barry. Come on. Yeah, have it with pancakes <laughs> like a screwdriver yeah even better i don't know if it gets any better than a screwdriver true or hard to beat well i tell you stop. you got you got like a tiny little baby hangover boy a screwdriver put that thing to an end immediately <laughs> just a baby hangover you know one of those where you're like am i i can't tell if i'm hung over or not you know low grade headache well, it might be one of those where you don't know you're hungover yet at all. Yeah, it hadn't hit you yet. Uh, some of those hangovers take a while. What are you drinking? Tito's and Topo. I uh, I was dead set on getting a bottle of Buffalo Trace to drink tonight, and I just couldn't make it happen. It wasn't in the cards. Did they have it? No. They just had old. They had old granddad, and then top shelf. Well, so. man, look, just get you a bottle of old granddad next time. Man, I don't know. Maybe next time. Well, I'm gonna get a bottle of Buffalo Trace. I'm gonna make it happen. I just gotta. Yeah. I just gotta get to the right place. Did you say top shelf? Yeah. Well, Andrew Hollick always told me that top shelf uh, whiskeys come in plastic bottles. No, he lied to you. No, no, it's so when it <laughs> fall when they fall, it doesn't break. No, oh, <laughs> these were not in plastic bottles. <laughs> oh, Andy! <laughs> I actually was thinking about his wedding the other day. What a night! Last time I had Taco Bell. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> 
John, when was the last time you had Taco Bell? Mm, last year, maybe. 76 days ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get a hankering for it every now and then, you know, Crunchwrap Supreme or something just, just sounds to, real good. I used to eat it somewhat frequently, mostly because of convenience. There was in the town I used to live in, there was only fast food. Oh, Back when the about. chicken burritos were 99 cents. <clears throat> you know, more. fast food in Midland is not good. When I get, uh, you know, when I eat fast food other places, it's usually tolerable. But here it just sucks. Because they, I mean, yeah. just got the lowest of the low end worker working in there. <laughs> And I'm not and, trying and to have to pay him 20 bucks an hour. Yeah. I'm not trying to, there. I'm not trying to be rude. It's just the way it is. It's the guys that couldn't cut it in the oil fields. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you go to Amarillo and you go to Taco Bell, you're going to have some like enterprising 16 year olds in there. And then like 20 year old who thinks he's a big dick daddy for being the manager. And they're really <laughs> going to be running a tight ship around there. <laughs> That ain't the case down here. (laughs) Dude, have y'all had the honey butter chicken biscuit from Wendy's? No, no, I have not. No. Now, I know it's not Whataburger. It's not Whataburger. But if you ever have a hankering for it and you're in an area such as an area that John and I might live in that doesn't have Whataburger, you might want to try Wendy's. Good substitute. They're good. They're good. I used to, to go when I lose 60 pounds. I used to love the spicy chicken go wrap from Wendy's. Yeah. When I lost all my weight the first time, <laughs> that's what I ate for lunch every day. Spicy chicken go wrap and a small French fry. So Wendy's diet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> What I you know, what I had for breakfast was two Special K protein bars. They don't make the ones I liked anymore. And a 16-ounce Red Bull every day for breakfast. That ketamine was probably what caused you to lose yeah. all that weight. And then the Wendy's for lunch. I don't remember what I would eat for dinner. <laughs> I lost a lot of weight, though, man. I was in a calorie deficit every day. It sounds like you need to go back on it. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> If fast food wasn't so shitty here, I probably would. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Congratulations to our good friend, Tyler Owens. (laughs) He got, what, third overall and second in his age group? Yeah. Arctic Frog. Arctic Frog endurance run. Um, he had was been, he been training for that. Well, that he had like kind he of been went out there and just did it. Yeah, he had sort of been griping on Strava about not feeling it, you know. Yeah, and worried well, worried he's going to have a real miserable time. I think his goal race was that Mines of Spain. Mm-hmm. Was that in? October, maybe? Yeah, October. I think is the week before no, ours. I, I think it was in maybe even in September. Somewhere. I was in a out of, never mind. Uh, anyways, that didn't go in his favor. So I think he's been struggling a little bit since then. But looked like that struggle paid off for him. I'm around now. Yeah. He, he ran it pretty fast. It was like four and a half hours or something. Yeah. It is faster than my marathon PR, I'm pretty sure. So, good job, Tyler. Owens. I know we have two Tylers, at least, that listen, so I got to specify. Tyler Vance got out and ran some miles, too. (laughs) (laughs) Just while I'm thinking about it. Good job, Tyler. Yeah. Are these the first miles he's put in since uh, Powder Canyon? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's only slightly behind me. 
So <laughs> I uh John had a had a Tennessee mile go. Uh it didn't happen. I um oh. had a work conflict that kept me up most of what Wednesday night and Thursday night and kept me working into the day I was supposed to be off and driving there or, and uh, didn't happen. So disappointed that that didn't occur, but decided it was best as being stressed trying to get there was not going to be good for my uh, eating. And I uh, just wanted to focus on getting to this half marathon at the beginning of the year. You probably would have got like four hours of sleep. Yeah. If even. Yeah. Uh, that would have been miserable. Two days in a row. Well, I watched the whole thing on Instagram for whatever that's worth. It's quite enjoyable. For you. It looked like a really cool course and a What's really shitty what day, the, too. What was the winner? I don't uh, know. I the guy, know. the guy that won the twenty, it. the guy that won the twenty-four hour, I think, did eighty-one laps. Wow! And it's about twenty-seven thousand feet a game. Wow! That'd be right. Something somewhere in that neighborhood, and that's all I know about it. And the course looked really cool. I mean, I think it's basically just straight up the side of a mountain, straight back down. No switchbacks, nothing. And there's two uh and there's it, two it big hills eight. in 1.1 mile. <laughs> That's, That's insane, man. It'd be cool. You need to try to go back next year. John. Yeah, I think maybe I'll be, even be able to do the, something longer. Yeah. I think six hours would be cool. Some of my best runs are like on my long run days. Of course, I hadn't gone on a long run since October 23rd, but uh, <laughs> some of my long runs, if I've got like 12 miles, we'll say, you know, that'll usually take me like, I don't know, three hours, two and a half, three hours. And instead of just doing the miles, I'll just do a timed. I'll just say I'm just going to run for three hours, you know, whatever the equivalent is. Yeah. And sometimes mentally that feels better to me. Yeah. It's a little easier to just be like, you know what? I'm in it. We're going to go for three hours, whether it's eight miles or 16. Yeah. 16 miles could turn into eight hours pretty, pretty quickly. If <laughs> yeah. <you>, something <laughs> went wrong. <laughs> so if you're in a slump try that might help you shake it up a little bit speaking of running for eight hours jared's back on his bullshit 65 miles a week and whatnot 30 miles before i haven't haven't hit it yet (laughs) haven't hit what 65 not yet not even 50 miles it's only wednesday well, I'm just saying for this training period oh. for Shamrock. But anyway. What's your training plan look like? It looks kind of brutal. Yeah. A lot of uh a lot of medium long runs. I'll be a lot of fourteen to fifteen mile midweek long uh medium long runs and you know, one of the things I took from training for Paladuro is, is is the long run. So I think I'm I'm going to extend it a few more miles than what the original training plan calls for. I've made a few modifications to the original training plan, but like pushing it towards you know the longest 24 to 26 miles on a Saturday instead of like 20, 22. Yeah, instead, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think, you know, in marathon training and or at least when I the plan I did back when I did it, my longest run was 20. And I think I only did it once. It may have been scheduled twice, but I only did it once. I know. Yeah. And, you know, you get to mile 23 of a marathon and you're thinking, I kind of wish I would have ran further than 20 miles during my training plan. 
Yeah. Yeah, this will be the first. That last time. 10K is when it goes dark, you know. It really does. This will be the first time I've gone. I, I, if everything goes right, I'll have gone over 20 miles in a long run, for, training for a marathon. But I, I think I think this training plan has me doing it, I don't know, five times. Oh, nice. 15 weeks. Well, I think – I think Next. mentally, after running the 50 mile, yeah. 26 oh. ought to not feel like a whole lot. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Going at at least 652 per mile. I don't know. That's the thing is like being able to hold Maintain that pace. that. Yeah. Or faster. I'd like to do it faster, but we'll see. We'll see. What yeah, 60 cushion is 652 qualifying or is that yeah. what you think you'll need to actually get into the race that's three that's three hours that's enough to qualify and this year three. at boston this year at boston everyone who who broke three and applied got into the race really so is that it was COVID? First, yeah fewer registrants uh so that i think uh this was the first time since 2013 they said that everyone who applied got in. Wow. So, but I mean, I still, I still want to shoot for, for lower, of course, but. How fast do you think you could do it? What's your, what's your mile PR? I have no idea. I have no idea. I'd be curious to know that. Uh, I might have be you ever just gone out and run a mile and tried to just burn it down. Maybe, maybe I should try it. I've never tried a, a mile. Just get uh, you on, get on a track and time trial or anything. Yeah, this book open around here. The book I'm working out of actually has you do that. Yeah. Uh, to kind of set, I think it maybe your threshold. Yeah. That's what they call it. Mm-hmm. Just go run a mile. Go warm up. Run a mile as hard as you can. Yeah. And that's your where you base your training off. He's got a chart. Shoot. What book are you using? I think I've seen that before. It's called The Cool Impossible. Uh, it's by the coach oh, yeah, yeah. from Born to Run. And that's how he labels himself on everything. The, Eric <laughs> the coach from Born to Run. <laughs> the coach from Born to Run. Smart. <laughs> yeah. Good advertising. Good plug. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, I'm trying to make an effort when I do actually run to run faster or harder yeah. or whatever, whatever word you're looking for. Well, when's your next race? Are you, are you doing big bend or what? No, I'm out on big bend. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm looking for next. I'm not even, um, I've got a few in mind that I want to try next year. Right now, though, I'm kind of I'm kind of wanderlusting over races. I'm like thinking about going to fucking Vermont and what stuff about to do it. Virginia Beach. Um, <clears throat> no, I'm not interested in doing road runs. Oh, I forgot you're a trail runner. <laughs> not anything. <laughs> Like Cam Haynes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a runner. <laughs> I just I prefer running trails. I might would run a half marathon. Well, go to Vermont. Do it. Well, y'all coming. I'm not gonna go by myself. I've got I received a hard no. <laughs> I think it was like May 8th or something. Wait, 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 wait. No, wait. that's that's the Grayson Highlands one. Oh, maybe it's in April, mid-April. What about the Hell Hole Hundred in the Francis Marion? They have several different race lengths, but that that, that might be something worth looking into. When's it? Nah, that's actually, the one, I, that's I, the I one through like the swamp and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I, I wouldn't fly all the way. Middle right. of June sounds fun. It's hot. <laughs> I, I don't. Scratch that. Scratch that. 
I'm thinking so Big Ben's wouldn't refund me, so I deferred it to 2023. So I'm kind of thinking next year I want to do maybe 25K early-ish February, March, then do a 50K in April, May, somewhere in there. And then maybe another 25K, like September. I think there's one in Rio Dosa at the Grindstone Lakes where I like to run out there. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like a November 50K and then do the 50 mile in January 23. What about the Brazos Bend races? Um, like they just had it last weekend. Possibly. Yeah, I was going to say they just did that. I, it would be cool to go to like East Texas or even the Hill Country somewhere. I also thought about doing there's one in uh, Seminole Canyon State Park down down in it's where the Pecos comes into. Oh yeah 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 into yeah the Rio Grande like Amistad yeah so that might be cool or like Amstead depending on where you're from how did you say it the first time amistad amistad that's i call it lake amistad Amistad. yeah amistad yeah amistad depending on where you're from who were who were the other people from i've heard it pronounced both ways oh everyone calls lake falcon falcon though yeah. <laughs> Falcon. Um, but I don't know. I hadn't identified any races is what I was getting at. And in between them, I'm just going to try to maintain a base 15 to 20 miles a week. Lots of strength training. Ride my bike every now and then. Oh, yeah. The reason Not- he mentioned Vermont was uh, I sent him a race called the Run Amok. and anybody who's familiar with Barry's favorite comedian, Rod White, he says, I'll run the fuck out of a muck with you. Yeah. (laughs) He makes it rhyme, though. And now Barry's going to go run this race. It looks really cool. It's like at an old ski resort, and it's like they're talking about how bad the weather always is and stuff. I go, it's definitely going to be bad. Yeah. Do I, Jared? What's the date on that again? I think like April something. April 2nd. Yeah, it's probably a little little too rich for me too. What about the cloud splitter? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to want to do anything in the... I don't know. I kind of want to go back to like Utah and do one. That'd be cool might be even closer probably yeah well, i can fly to vegas in two hours and lose no time doing it drive to vegas two hours and then drive three hours back to utah and pick up an hour on the way coming back <laughs> right. yeah, don't is utah in mountain time zone? yes it is and vegas is not if yeah. you're trying to if you're trying to hike six miles with 3,000 feet of elevation gain that evening to get to your campsite. You lose an hour. Yeah, we really screwed that up. I'm sure we've told the story before, but me and John rolled into Zion thinking we were just expert backpackers. And, uh, of course, we'd never even done it before. I don't even – John, had you ever <laughs> even camped at that point? Uh, yes, I had. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> We get there to get our passes, and they go, you guys know this hike has 3,000 feet of gain on it, right? And we just kind of like, oh, yeah. You know, played it off and then panicked. We're like, do we even want to go anymore? (laughs) Let's get the closest hotel. Yeah, we're about half a mile in, and John's like, we're just getting a hotel. I'm not doing this shit. We hadn't even started climbing yet. (laughs) Up the side of the canyon. And then we camped at, we camped at not our campground either. <laughs> God damn. Did you camp? So whose campground did you camp in? We just found a bare spot. It was on, on a big old rock. <laughs> oh shit. Well, if it works. 
Yeah, we're just fine. Nobody bothered us. I'd like to go back and do that trail like way out there now, though. Mm. Now that I've got the lay of the land. Of course, you got to win a lottery to even go up that trail anymore. You have to ridiculous. go win a lottery to go up the grotto. No, just to just, just to Angel's Landing. It's the same trail up to Angel's Landing that we walked on and then went past where the actual hard stuff, the dangerous stuff, I guess. It's not easy getting up there. Yeah. That's a pretty serious climb. I mean, really. You're going straight out of the canyon. To Angel's Landing? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one where I see like all the pictures like that, but chain. Mm -hmm. I went up. It is pretty cool. I sat with the bag. So because I'm a good guy, so Barry wouldn't have to carry his pack. (laughs) I would have left it anyways. And then some, uh, when I was sitting there, some squirrel got into my food that I had prepared the night before and not eaten. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I hadn't. I'd like to go backpacking now that I won't eat those things. The squirrels or what? I'd eat a squirrel. The dehydrated meals. Oh, yeah. Mountain man or whatever, the blue ones. Mountain house. Yeah. Roadhouse. Dude, I don't know. Like, that was. After seeing John <laughs> trying to eat that one, I've been discouraged. Yeah, that's ever since. <laughs> don't ever do it again. That messed, <laughs> your, that messed up your night. I feel like the morning after. I ended up just drinking the broth for the sodium. <laughs> don't eat uh, freeze-dried pho in the backcountry. Yeah, that's the last thing I would ever get take out there. <laughs> I I probably bought it in Utah too. (laughs) Six years old. Good till after I die. Yeah. Oh, easily. As long as you can boil water. Yeah. Speaking of boiling water, watched that documentary 14 Peaks last night. Me too. And I caught him drinking out the stream once. Did he get? No. No Giardia that I'm I don't think there's of. any beavers yeah, in the Himalaya. It, uh, above it, the Alpine? Yeah, 14,000 feet. Higher than that. 28 is whatever, 29. Yeah. So is that what Everest is? Everest Megan and I is, just watched something on K2. Yeah. And like base camp was at 14,000 feet. We were talking about, man, when we were on Gray's Peak, I mean, it didn't look anything like this. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it was just, it was wild. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, you think, though, you still got 10,000 feet to climb. Hell no. That'd just be What's like being at, the, being at the lake. 14 peaks, dude. The guy climbed, uh, he climbed all 14 8,000-meter peaks in seven months. Holy shit. Which is a record by, like, a long shot. God dang. I read a book a few years ago by a guy who did all eight of them and it took him 14 years to do it. Yeah, he's in the movie too, I think. No, that's a different guy. Or no, he did all 14, but it took him like 16 think, years. Yeah, I think it. it took him 16 years. Dude, this guy was a monster. He woke up every day and ran. He did a 20K run every day carrying a 75-pound ruck to get, to get ready. Yeah. Did he he did it with oxygen? Yes. Of course. Yeah, yeah only over eight thousand meters. Yeah. They they said in the movie that he there's no way he would have been able to do this many peaks without oxygen. Yeah. He could probably do them each individually without it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I think I mean I think that's why all those other guys took so long is they probably took a year to recover in between recover and get get ramped back up. It, it, he just looked so fresh the whole time too. Oh yeah, he was loving it. Like I just pictured myself 
achieving that and just being just destroyed. You could see it in my face. <laughs> and he's just like, all right, on to the next peak. Let's go. What was his last one? Um, it was in China. Um, yeah. No, it was in Tibet, but he had to have the Chinese government's permission. That was a big old issue in the story. Yeah. It was uh, starting with an S, I thought, but it's not because there isn't one. Is this on FKT.com? I, I don't think so. Fast I, think it's, I think it's above <laughs> and beyond that. <laughs> Might have been Kang Chin, Kang Chin Ju. I don't think that's high enough. 28169. Oh, I'm seeing Kang Grin Boku. Yeah, those aren't anything like. <laughs> Third highest mountain in the world, the one I'm looking at. But he did oh, K2. Yeah. You know, K2 is the deadliest mountain, I think. Yeah. I told Katie I wanted to go do. Uh, there was one of them. Yeah, I think it was in Pakistan. It wasn't K2, but they said uh, uh, one out of every four who attempt it die. Yeah. I think that's K2. It's, it wasn't. It was. Uh, was it? Started with an A. Annapurna. Probably. Yeah. Whoa. First off, just getting into Pakistan. Any of them. <laughs> well, those mountains, like where K2 is, it's like really hard to get to, apparently. I got really super into mountain climbing one year. I don't, I can't remember when it was. We kept I read them all, though, man. I read <laughs> <laughs> And funny enough, I hadn't, I don't know if I'd ever even really, I, I mean, I guess I've climbed mountains before, but I went and climbed Emory at some point during that stretch. <laughs> climbed it, you know. Walked up the, <laughs> the, the well-established path. Yeah, six-foot-wide trail. The <laughs> last time you climbed, to scramble some rocks. Hey, yeah, Emory, the last 25 yards of that thing is kind of dicey, really. It is dicey, man. <laughs> and it is straight down, too. I wouldn't I was, go up it with the backpack. That's no all way. I'm saying. Uh-uh. I was real nervous going up. I was even more nervous coming down. That's what it's, Lone's Peak looks like, according from Chad's videos. I assuming they're on Lone Peak, Chad, right? Yeah. In uh, Utah. Utah. Yeah. That where where can we watch this documentary? Netflix. Netflix. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Y'all, the cinematography is amazing. Is it Jimmy Chen? He's a producer. Yeah, oh, I don't think he's don't in know. it. You can, he t- they talk to him, but he's not. Yeah, he talks. It. No, the guys. Film any of it? I don't know. The guys did it all with GoPros. I think. Oh shit! They might have had one normal camera, but it was just him. It was him. Um, and like, was it three? I think three or maybe six other guys, five, maybe yeah. five other guys, all all Nepalis, Sherpas. Wow. Insane. He said Dude. he was paying them more than they would have made on a Western from a Western adventure, too. Good. Good for them. I hope they all got rich off of it. Yeah. He said they were building the resumes. <laughs> and then he was like in the special forces and all this. I mean, he's a the nepali special forces and was that the gunka or something like that yeah i mean he's he's a bad dude and he didn't lack confidence either no he didn't he liked to party too (laughs) i think (laughs) they had jimmy chin discussing uh he's like and these guys went out and got drunk the night before and then climbed an eight thousand foot meter peak (laughs) jeez with hangovers (laughs) yeah Dude. Built different. Yeah. Mountain people, man. (laughs) Yeah, watch it tonight and report back to us tomorrow. Well, I need y'all's Netflix account info. Oh, shit. I'm already... You can text it to me later. I'm already borrowing mine, so... (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, what what book y'all got any more bullshit to talk about? 
Like that as a no? I'm out. Uh, yep. Nah. All right, what books uh, y'all got? <laughs> I have the Chronicles of Narnia. Back to the teen reads, baby. Probably even younger than that. <laughs> Pre-teen. Yeah. <laughs> Jim? Um, I have the girl with the dragon tattoo. I've got Gwendy's Button Box by Stephen King and Richard Chismar. John, let's hear it. All right. I, I have the Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, I have only read the first four so far, uh, but I will cover um, the magician's uh, nephew, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, the horse and his boy, and the uh, prince Caspian. Uh, each of these books are about uh, 150 pages long. They're pretty quick read. I've started it maybe a week and a half ago, and I'm through four of them. They seemed a lot longer when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially being a British, there's a lot of stuff that you probably aren't familiar with. and can't just click on the word <laughs> and get it defined for you. Uh, but it kind of it starts off with the 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 magician's nephew and introducing Narnia, that's uh, which is a magical land that can only, I don't even know how to describe how it's accessed. It's like a magical portal you have to do to get there, and there's no humans in the land, and the animals talk. But it sounds like a bad trip. Yeah. They're, the theme of the first two are an evil witch that makes it into uh, Narnia via one of these portals and they're having to defeat her in order to give the land back but it's a, it's a children's book I guess all of them are, they're all children's books but they they're pretty uh, I think they're getting they're pretty violent as I as they go along, I don't know how old children are when they get introduced <laughs> to violence, but there's there's killing and uh, it's younger and younger and now. Yeah, yeah. Getting... Uh, humans dying, but it's it's basically a kind of the overarching theme is a good versus evil, mm. and uh, the main character children are at the center of it and helping battle that evil. I've but I've really enjoyed all the, the first four of them so far. Uh, they're, I'd say they're a little difficult to read. Just like I said, they, they're written in British and written back in the 50s. So they are got different words. Like for cookies, they say, uh, what do they say? Biscuit. And so I'm, I'm sitting over here thinking of a honey chicken biscuit. Honey <laughs> biscuit. I know that's uh, right. Uh, but I, I would recommend checking them out. I think they're great. They're a good escapism while you're doing adult things. Is to go live in this fictional land and uh, fight evil. That's why I read fiction back right there. Uh, and I definitely do look forward to reading the last three. I finished uh, number four today. Well, you want to talk about two and three and four? Yeah, I've already talked about them. Oh, I was gone refilling my drink. Yeah. <laughs> Any one star reviews? Yes, actually. And none of them have to do with content that I've seen so far. All product. Yeah. And there's a lot of them. This is like a seven book set. Uh, books like are in, a movie. I watched uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe yes, that was the only last one. year. And. Was it? Uh, what? Oh. Yeah, there's three of them. Oh. Uh, they've only they made uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, and the Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Mm. Yeah, I have that's the next one on my list. So I don't know how they compare, but Netflix is actually doing a bought the rights, and they're doing a, something with it. Are they going to remake them? You think? Or I like think they're going to make maybe show. even a series with of oh. each. Oh, really? That'd be cool. That would be cool. 
Netflix usually does a pretty good job with their stuff. Yeah. Something like that, especially. I bet they would. Yeah. Hmm. But one star reviews. Uh, books are in the wrong order. All caps are not wrong order. <laughs> well, put uh, them in the right uh, order. Gosh, mighty. And actually, this isn't this isn't product quality. They're mad that the magician's nephew came first, and they're saying you should start by reading the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. <laughs> oh, interesting. So it's kind of like is that like a lonesome dove debate too? Do you start with yeah. lonesome dove and? <laughs> he he started with the line the witch in the wardrobe and i think he wrote that in the 1950s mm. uh 1950 and then he didn't write the magician's nephew until 55 and it was the second to last one of the series uh, that he wrote in his order uh, he wrote them all in a six-year period in the 1950s old school man this book this book the series is like I haven't read it in a very long time, but it's like one of those series I'll stand the test of time. Transcend time. You read it, Jared? When I was a kid. Back in the day. Back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> Nobody can do it better than Jocko. Was it audiobook? Anyway. Yeah, and C.S. Lewis is actually really good friends with uh, Tolkien. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, C.S. Lewis, he writes a lot of like motivational stuff too, doesn't he? Yeah, he. I think it's a lot of Christian-based stuff. Um, there's the Screw Tape Letters, which is uh, Satan writing letters to his nephew, who's a, I believe a demon out doing his work. What the hell? Yeah, it's pretty good. I've I've read it before. <laughs> Dude, God dang. <laughs> that caught me off guard. <laughs> Are you gonna kill knock out the rest of the three before the end of the year? Probably. Probably before the end of the week. Oh, damn. Um, not really. I've, I've been reading about a third of a day of each one. They're only 150 pages each. Oh, yeah. Ish. Probably real easy reading. That's how my books are, too, right now, and I'm fucking loving it. <laughs> really feel like I'm getting stuff done. I tried to read this, like, at the start of the podcast, and I wasn't reading them fast enough, and... So I didn't want to cover each individual one over a period of 14 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Whole year's worth of shows. Yeah. All right. So we right. probably would have we probably would have had to cut you off after somewhere along the way. <laughs> cover read all the Harry Potters, all the Chronicles of Narnia, and then also throw in the Lord of the Rings. And I've got the whole year covered. I don't know if I'd consider Lord of the Rings uh, teen reads though. I don't think they're in that camp with those others. Oh, definitely not. They're they're pretty complex. Yeah. But I'm just stating the re, going over the same series for oh, yeah. seven straight episodes. Well, you could do one Hank the Cow Dog every episode for three years. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge accepted. Yeah. That might have to be a spinoff show. <laughs> Now, there's an idea right there for a spin. John reads Hank the Cow Dog. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Hold on. I've just had a thought. Maybe right there. Jared, let's hear about the John thinking. Yep, let's hear about yeah. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, a novel by Stig Parson. Um, full disclosure here, I have not finished this book, as y'all heard earlier. <laughs> it is a thick book, um, and I am not a very fast reader, but I'll tell you what I know so far. Um, this book, it was pretty slow to take off, um, but once it started rolling and the pieces started coming together, 
really grabbed my attention. Basically have, from what I get so far, you have two protagonists, a guy named Michael and a girl named Salander. And she is the girl with the dragon tattoo. One is a... uh, That's the title. But she is the title. And uh, so Michael, I'm not even trying to pronounce his last name. Uh, He is, was the publisher or CEO and editor of a magazine called Millennium and basically published a bogus story about some rich guy. And anyway, that's where the story really picks off, pick picks up. And uh, he meets a guy named Vanger of the Vanger family. I'm Henrik, I think is his first name. Sounds rich. Some Swedes. Very rich. Very rich people. He hires him to 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 write the ghost write the family uh, biography, the Vanger family biography, and also to try to solve a mysterious murder to happen to Harriet Vanger Vangar back in the day. All in the meantime, Salander is having some incredibly bad stuff done to her, and she's a PI for an inv- for an investigation company. The two characters haven't come together, but I feel like it's going to happen soon. Salander's kind of a bad chick. Um, I've never seen the movie. Oh, I didn't know there was so a movie. Don't, don't, if y'all have. Well, if John has, don't don't spoil it. But anyway, great book, a really intense read. Um, a lot of uh, there's some politics in here. A lot. It, I wouldn't even say favorite. like not a political thriller, not at all. But I don't even know how you would. It's a thriller, regardless. Anyway, there's a lot of sex. Um. A little bit of raping. Um, Any pillaging. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of dark at times, which from my underst- from what I hear, a lot of these thriller books written by Swedish authors are often dark. Uh, well, shit, they got damn suicide pods over there now. She got to well, be vaccinated to go it, use. <laughs> But I wish that was a joke. This what this book what is pre-pandemic. In fact, it's pre it's pre good to know. <laughs> that may that may have to be something we start classifying before too long. I know, right? <laughs> Someone was complaining that a Christmas movie that they watched didn't address the pandemic in it. And they knew oh it was my God. <laughs> family vacation was made pre-pandemic. Yeah. Um, well, every waking second of every day has got to be filled with it now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> didn't anyway, even kill like, the whole there's vibe. A of, there's, a, it, there's a lot of revenge in this book. There's a lot of revenge in it so far, um, and there's a lot of different plots going on at the same time. And he'll kind of like pick up in a chapter and like skip from one protagonist to the other, and then within them with when he's switching, he'll switch to a different scenario. It can get confusing. You got to remember a lot of stuff, I guess. But one of the things that I dislike th- about this book, I have a hard enough time trying to remember people's names. <laughs> but when you have a new name every paragraph, and not just new names, these are Swedish names. Right. Not I can't pronounce any of them. It's hard. I had a hard. It took me forever to know this guy's name was Michael because it was spelt <laughs> so different. But how was um, it spelt? M I K. I don't know. There's also uh, anyway a lot of hard things to pronounce. I'm not Swedish. But other than that, man, it's it's great. I didn't, you know, for whatever reason, I would have thought it was written by an Asian. No, 
No, Steve, Steve Larson's very white. Was for, Did you think oh, it was a kung uh, fu movie? <laughs> but, <laughs> or a book? I was picturing like Kill Bill or something, maybe. No. Which was written by a white guy. Dude, this, uh, well, he actually, when he sent in the, the manuscript for manuscripts for the girl with the dragon tattoo, the girl who kicked the hornet's nest, and I cannot remember the third one. Can you flip that? Hang on one sec. I get you. Uh, the girl who played with fire or something like that. Um, he died shortly after. So the last three books of the series are written by a different author. But interesting. I'm going to read the three written by, uh, by him in the future. So good. It's, it's got me. It, it's like one of those. I usually fall asleep after reading eight pages or so, but the other night, next thing you know, it's like 11 o'clock. That's when it's you know you're in it. Long. Yeah. There's only been like three books ever that have been able to mm-hmm. keep me awake. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Stephen it, King. Yeah, they are all <laughs> Stephen King. Too scared to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Y'all, y'all would... Y'all might actually in, enjoy it if you can get past the the gruesomeness. Oh, it doesn't bother me any. Well, I'm um, definitely disappointed that it's not a kung fu book now. Right. <laughs> there has there's no kung fu yet. <laughs> yet. Yeah. Might be the grand. I'm finale. not gonna rule it out. I'm only halfway through this thing, so I'm not gonna rule it out. Um. Uh, old Danny on here says i stopped reading this and put it on my shelf i just could not get into it did not start off very strong and i quickly lost interest glad it was under ten dollars we got to hang in there buddy yeah like it it really marathon not a sprint dude it got quick fast like Um, ron white says you need to finish what you start yeah (laughs) oh here's a good one uh not a great book I'm saying this for my boyfriend. Boring. <laughs> boyfriend couldn't even say it. Yeah. He's too distraught. No. Tedious, tedious, tedious. And there's there's several there's several one stars. I, a lot of it has to do with just the 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 sheer number of names mentioned in this book. I, I feel like it with is. books with those, you need to have a reference in the back an index or something fucking hey I've, I've read a like non-fiction books mm-hmm. like that a, probably i think it was about a general no yeah. it was lemon uh, and um it just had all the everybody that was in the book and a mm-hmm. brief description of them so when they mentioned them mm. like uh yeah yeah the the killer angels was like that and it was really nice yeah, uh, the son. The son has you know the family tree, mm-hmm. and it's in the beginning of the book. Well, he also that family tree is super confusing, right? And also it's an Alabama family tree. Well, <laughs> <laughs> <No> Todd. <laughs> well, he includes the Vanguard Vanger family tree, but it's like on page two eighty something. I wish you were like on the back of the cover quick reference but yeah you gotta dog ear it and go a lot i snagged a first edition signed copy of the sun just dang man fun fact for everybody i 10x my first edition collection that day 10x it sorry jerry not trying to derail you no I'm man, just I'm fired not, up. I'm pretty much done. Done. Oh, well. Do you recommend it? Did you already? Uh, yeah, I would. I would recommend it. If if you like what you heard, I would. I would recommend it. If it sounds up your alley, that's good. Well, I had Gwendy's Button Box, which is by Stephen King and Richard Chismar. Uh, Richard Chismar, you may remember I brought a book by him called Chasing the Boogeyman, 
to the show a couple episodes ago maybe last episode i don't know now that's my halloween book um so you may recognize that name from there if you don't recognize stephen king's name the show probably isn't for you or it needs to be uh definitely for you john you got you a bilby over there you got a bilby <laughs> he's wearing it right now He's buying up all the running gear that he can. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> quit. Tired of this shit. <laughs> but uh, anyways, this book is a uh, what they call a coming-of-age tale with our young main character, Gwendy, who uh, is running out running one day and comes across a man named Mr. Ferris who is pretty, uh, pretty, 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 uh, pretty pretty nice on the outside but pretty devious on the inside uh as those types of folks often are but he gifts Wendy with this box uh the box carries with it a lot of power uh, a lot of mystery and and brings a lot of a lot of joy to to Gwendy's life but with that comes a lot of a lot of pain and conflict and and misery as well and so I'll pretty much leave it at that. It's it, the book's only about 170 pages and and written for about a fourth grade reading level, so you can make it through it pretty quick. But I thought it's a pretty good read. There's actually three books in the series. I'm about halfway through the second one right now, which is called Gwendy's Magic Feather, and that one's written by Richard Chismar only, but. Kind of the kind of the story behind that is Stephen King allegedly had written um, had written most of this story and was having a hard time with it and uh, couldn't get it finished and so he just kind of set it aside and a couple years later ended up sending it to Richard Chismar and just saying, I can't finish this story. Do you have any advice or something like that? And so they ended up finishing out the story together. And then after that got published, Richard Chismar came in and wrote this sequel. And then the third one, they both wrote together. Are cool. And so I really like them. I mean, they're nothing, they're nothing crazy. You know, it's not, it's not the shining or Salem's lot. It's no masterpiece, but I'd been in a big reading slump and this, uh, I was really excited to sit down and read this. I read it in about two sittings. So I've been plowing through the second one too. That's what you need to get out of a slump. Yeah. Oh, and I was going to mention that. I've decided if I fall find myself in a reading slump, I'm going back to Stephen King book or Larry McMurtry book right away. Cause they'll pretty well always get me out of it. This book does have a lot of one star reviews, perhaps the most of any book I've ever read. <laughs> um, just the handful that I screenshot. This one's from Barb P says, I've read better, not a big fan of this book. This one's from Shay, says, loved King till now, sort of. I love Stephen King, but just no. Just no. Yeah. (laughs) That's N-O, no, not K-N-O-W. Just, I know y'all can't read the comments, I need to clarify. This one's from Tia, disappointment, boring and predictable. This one's from Brooklyn. One star, read this in an hour, has no point, do not bother. And I will say, if they read this book not knowing that there was two more behind it, I could see how you'd be kind of, you know, like if you read it before the other two existed. I feel like y'all aren't following me there. I could see how you'd think it didn't have a good ending. Mm-hmm. Because it kind of left you hanging, I guess. Yeah, a little bit. Um, basically, she, the guy, the guy at the end of the book comes back and takes the box back from her. 
is how it ends. Spoiler. But there's more books. My list. There's more books. <laughs> so. Man, what if number three leaves you hanging too? I don't know. It might. I'll let you know. I'm going to read. I'll probably get this one finished this week. I mean, they're just little bitty books. I think number three, I think number three is actually a full length novel. What? Yeah. Like made and these are not novelists. Huh? Like three books in the one? Or it's like a full blown novel? No, it's just a novel. Yeah, one book. Jeez. So I'm looking forward to it. Y'all stand by for further further information and to get some yeah it'll be next year though because we're going to do our wrapped wrapped episode maybe that's what we'll call it wrapped like spotify yeah right. so anyways our, if you're in our, a slump check it out there you go problem solved our anchor has a wrapped oh yeah it really didn't delve out a whole lot of information. No. <laughs> I was expecting something I was going to be really impressed with, and I got nothing. Well, what was the most useful bit of information? I think, I don't, yeah, it just said like some of our people are were their most listened to podcast. Thank you. And then, oh, yeah, thank you. I think there was five of y'all that that was the case which is impressive i think wow when when there's joe rogan's of the world out there it's not even my top podcast i don't even listen to it <laughs> i live it yeah <laughs> every now and then i'll go back and listen to one <laughs> by the time i get it edited and up and everything i've listened to it enough um our uh main audience is 18 i'm sorry 28 to 34 year olds which kind of makes sense that makes sense yeah i didn't even i don't remember even seeing that 86 percent male huh that's a shock yeah and 93 percent in the u.s four percent of our listeners are from italy what that's interesting wow Bonjourno. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> well, I'm the most I'm the most fluent Italian speaker here. <laughs> Italian. Jared, do you know what movie that's from? I know John knows. Wait, is it a Christmas story? No. <laughs> uh, it's got Brad Pitt so. in it. Oh, I don't know. Inglorious Bastards. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen it. Speaking of, if you watched that movie and didn't like it the first time, give it another shot. It's a treasure, national treasure. <laughs> It really is a great movie. I didn't fly across the goddamn Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, y'all got any closing thoughts? If you're ever washing your truck, don't. do not wear Crocs. And use caution when stepping out of your oh yeah. Out of your bed over your tailgate. Onto your bumper. Yeah, that that could have really break your ribs. That could have really derailed your marathon plans, brother. I'm still hurting. I believe it, man. I jumped it off hurts. a tailgate one time and like hit my hip on the way down. Big problems. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a that's a danger zone. You can you can use Crocs, but just be careful. Yeah, you're still getting your miles in. So. Don't let me tell you what to wear. Make sure your Crocs are in sports mode, though, when you wear yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I need to give me some Crocs. Mine have a hole in the bottom. 
feet get wet now. Kind of beats purpose. It's for the, the grounding. I've seen shoes that have a, like a wire that goes up through the shoe, so you're you'll ground your feet while you're in. Uh, what? Gosh. John, you got any closing thoughts? Oh, yes, I do, actually. Uh, if any of our books interested you, uh, head over to the website, bourbonbookshelf.com. Uh, purchase them through there. and It'll help the show out. Yes, please do. All I've got to say is keep stacking your books, logging your miles. We're almost to the finish line for the year, so. Yes, sir. Finish strong. You wouldn't get to the end of a marathon and not run the last two miles, so unless you're me. Then you're definitely walking. Yeah. <laughs> We're still getting there though. <laughs> so all right. All right. Thank you, fellas. Oh shit. Thank you for listening to the Bourbon Bookshelf Podcast. Our aim with this show is to encourage people to read widely, enjoy good beverages in moderation get outside and have good conversations we hope we can meet this goal while serving as good company for you the listener don't forget to check out our website bourbonbookshelf.com where you can find links to purchase any of the books we have covered on this show we do receive very minor financial compensation if you purchase through the amazon affiliate links which we will use to continue to grow the show and keep it ad free if you enjoy the show please let us know by subscribing to and reviewing the show telling your friends and following us on instagram if you really enjoyed this podcast please consider making a small monthly donation to help us to continually improve the show you can find the link to do this in the show notes for this episode on our website or on our instagram page at bourbon underscore bookshelf thank you and we'll talk to you soon